Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast, your favorite sports podcast. We're hoping and assuming, maybe, I don't know, it's our favorite sports it podcast. Better be, by I don't far. know. But we got a fun episode for you guys today. We got a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk a little bit about BYU basketball. Not so much about that, but we're going to talk about March Madness. We're going to talk about BYU football, and we have an interview with an incoming BYU football player that's going to be a lot of fun. Fantastic. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, before we move into the episode, we just want to give you a quick reminder to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod for interactive content and to give your input for the show. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Don't forget that Let's back this bula. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go wild Let's go, Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude. that time again. What time is it, Dan? Tell me. I'm gonna need all of y'alls to take a deep breath and grab three things. <sighs> three household items. Jared, you can breathe out. Yeah. First one is your laundry baskets. Got it. Got it. Second, dust pan. Always in my back pocket. Or mm. as I say, dustpan. Mm. Mm. Third one, a little bit of a sleeper. The ironing board. Ooh, very Ooh. slept on. Yeah. The creaky witch. I can't remember the last time I used one. <laughs> the creaky witch. But every time you open them, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It screeches at you. <laughs> Jared's over here looking like a freaking dragon dinosaur spawn thing. I don't even know. <laughs> now, you may be wondering why I'm asking you to get these things. Well, well I'll tell you why. It's because of housekeeping. Housekeeping time? No, well, that just has me thinking. What is our housekeeping? Do we have any housekeeping? We have a little bit of housekeeping. Or do we just get right into basketball? I got a question for you. Did you guys see the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock? Okay, yes. We got to talk about We got to at least address it. I'm Current still events. kind of trying to process what actually happened there. So for those of you that don't know and don't follow award shows, like honestly, like... Us don't blame really, you. We, we really don't. Yeah. I, I don't really watch award shows either, but it blew up on Twitter afterwards. Um, Will Smith just walked up on the stage after Chris Rock made a joke about his wife, and female dog slapped him across the face. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. It was something to behold, for sure. <laughs> I think there are two, there are four, four. Oh, there doubling up, huh? Doubling down? <laughs> there are 64 Schools of thought here. Okay. 68 if you include the first four. Ah, true, true, true. <laughs> no, you can take it one of two ways. You can make fun of it, uh-huh. or you can take it uh, in a more serious route. Uh, we are definitely going to address it as a joke. Yep. Yeah. Uh, second school of thought That's wild. project. Uh, real or fake? Well, if you just watch the video once, you could, I can see why you think it's fake. Right. Yeah. If you go behind the scenes a little more, <laughs> it's definitely real. Oh, yeah. I, I analyzed it frame by frame. Will Smith's fingers did make contact with 
Chris Rock's face. It wasn't the palm, so kind of a weak slap by Will Smith. So, Will Smith, if you ever were to go head-to-head on me, have you guys seen those, like, slapping matches that they have? Where mm. people just, like, stand still, and they'll just, like, slap each other as hard as they can? Incredible. Will Smith, I would be willing to put 10 bucks on me beating you in that. So, Will Smith, if you're listening to the show, open invite slap competition. Yeah. I would like to see Juwan Howard versus Will Smith. Will Smith yes. versus Juwan Howard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'd pay like <laughs> I have never paid a pay per view for any UFC fight in my entire life. Never. Yeah. I would pay my entire next paycheck to watch <laughs> Jawan Howard and Will Smith go at it in the ring. Wow. No rules, no nothing. Ev- street rules like Tacovers grilled cheese and hot rod. Like this, this is what <laughs> we're doing. The Tacovers. <laughs> that makes me hungry. That is making me hungry too. Also, that's a quality movie. Love it. Um, <laughs> uh, next time of business is the elephant in the room, the final four, the granddaddy of them all. It is it's set. set. And let me just say, this is maybe the most blue-blooded final four I have ever seen in my lifetime. I've seen a lot yeah. of debate on Villanova being a blue blood. What's your guys' thought on that? Dan, I mean, you're a fan of well, one of the the blue bloods. <laughs> I think what I would call them is a new blood. New blood. Okay. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. They're definitely more successful recently than a lot of the blue bloods. Yeah. Quote unquote. True. But they don't have like the legacy or the history or you know, the name that the blue bloods have gained throughout the years. Rebuttal. They yes. won the very first ever 64 team na- uh, national championship tournament. Mm. That was quite a rebuttal. And then they sucked for like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm with Dan on this one. I think they're technically a new blood because they've kind of come onto the scene late, like 2016 and 18. They won two back-to-back and they are in the Final Four again. Um, I really like all these matchups, though. Like, Duke-UNC, obviously, of course, that's the headliner. Nova Kansas lost a little bit of its luster when, I think, Moore is his name. Yeah, Torres ACL. Or that, not ACL, his Achilles. Which was Ouch. sickening to watch on television. Yeah, yeah, you could see his entire left or right leg, whatever it was, reverberate. Yeah. <laughs> you could... Ah, ah. It was like... Gruesome. I'm not, I'm not even, it's like a rubber band splitting and it goes... Boing, boing, boing. Ugh, bad. Uh, but Dan... You are the resident Duke fan. Mm-hmm. You're a real Duke fan. Yep. More or less. <laughs> Just own it. Just real Duke fan. Uh, how are you feeling about this? So, this is very exciting. And I think this matchup is a great storyline. I think it's good for basketball. Um, unfortunately, it's good for the NCAA, that crooked organization. <laughs> um, but that aside... First thing, I just want to give credit to UNC because they started the season off pretty rough. And here they are in the Final Four, which is very impressive, I think. Very impressive. Yeah, they were on the bubble like a week before Selection Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They just suddenly went on a tear, and they've been playing pretty well recently. They have been. But. 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 Booty. So has Duke. They've been playing quite well. Um, Very well. UNC did spoil the GOAT, Coach K's last home game at historic Cameron Indoor Stadium on the Coach K court. Oh. In front of the Coach K bench. <laughs> um, Coach K on the Coach K bench. Something tells Coach me K court. Coach K coached at that school at some point. 
Um, and now Coach K has an opportunity to exact revenge against mm. UNC, who spoiled his last home game. So, the question is, will he do just that? Will he ride off into the sunset, or will his bitter in-state rival spoil it all again? <laughs> Tune in on Saturday. It's actually incredible, because I've never seen like a sports story come to this point, where like usually you come to a point where it's like, you either win and have it all or lose, and it's like, well, we got here, like, still good. But no, like, with Coach K, he either wins and he just wins life, or he loses and his, like, his resume is forever tarnished by this last year. Like, there is no middle ground in which Coach K gets like, oh, yeah, no, it was still good. No. Yeah. He either wins it all or loses it all in this game. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love that UNC and Duke are matching up. For the first time in tournament history, mind you, yeah, in the Final Four. Wouldn't it be poetic if after the whole goodbye tour for Coach K, this entire year that ESPN has shoved down our throats <laughs> mercilessly, <laughs> that Coach K's final two losses, his final two losses, be to his rival, UNC. Honestly, I think Brady Manick is going to leave his beard hair all over Coach K's sink, going to clog that sink, and is going to send him home packing. I don't know how... I don't I don't I I don't I don't know where I stand on this in yeah. the end. I I don't know. It's Let very intriguing. I hate UNC. I hate Brady Manic with a passion. Yes. Armando Baycott is in very I'll just say very interesting looking human being. Kinda <laughs> interesting to look at on the television. Curious, but fellow. but I hate these elongated goodbye tours even more. Yeah, I that I will say that's that's true. Yeah. No hate to you, Dan. None taken. I honestly, I was I was trying to think, because this this long farewell tour obviously has been quite a distraction to the players and yes. what they're trying to build and the next coach John Skyler or Shire. I don't. Yeah, I forget. Nobody yeah. even knows. I forget yeah. how to say his name. Everyone just cares he's doing about a great coach job K. recruiting though. Um, so yeah, I try to think when the best time for Coach K to announce his retirement would be because. It's kind of fun to have it be before the final four, before the championship, if they get there. And I think if he would have announced it right before the big dance, after their you know regular season in ACC tournament, and then he says, "Hey, this is my last March Madness ever," I think that would have you know a lot of the good effects of the drama, the intrigue, but it wouldn't have dragged on for so long, and you know wouldn't have tired people out as much or bored them or yeah. whatever. Uh, that's a good point. And I, I feel like it would it might have made it more meaningful for the players, right? Yeah. Because now yeah. the players go into the tournament like wanting to win it for their coach rather than being like, holy crap, I'm so sick of all this attention we've had all year. I know. And our coach is getting all the love. Like nobody even knows our names. You know, like I could probably name you two people on Duke's team. <laughs> Jeremy Roach and Pablo Banquero. Banquero. Like, but other than that, like, Honestly, I can't name anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that, like, I don't know. I just think if it, it hadn't been that way, right? If it wasn't like, oh, hey, ever heard of this guy? He's the greatest coach. Hey, hey, this guy. You know, but I'm okay. Uh, as far as the Final Four as a whole, who are we rooting for to win the whole thing? Huh. Hmm. I'd have to go, for the sake of my bracket, Duke. For the sake of fun, Kansas. You know, Kansas is a blue blood. They've made it to the tournament. They're going to beat Villanova because Villanova is a very 
not deep team that already just uh, that just lost another player already with the uh, torn uh, torn. I don't know why I keep saying ACL Achilles. Kansas is a blue blood. Despite that, they haven't won a national championship since two thousand eight. It's hmm. been a while. That's actually a long time. It's been yeah. fourteen years. Duke, UNC, and Villanova have all won national championships. In some cases, multiple. Right, multiple since times. Kansas has won its last one. That's so true. I think it's time for Kansas to get back in the limelight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys might know who I'm going to be rooting for. <laughs> it's Duke. Yep. <laughs> uh, my sister is going to the Final Four. Oh, <gasps> I've mentioned. Oh, That's so sick. That is incredible. <laughs> oh she lives in Durham. Big Duke fan. She's going to New Orleans. That's New so Orleans. Cool. Yeah. She said she can give us some. Crabler? Inside info if we oh, want it or heck yes. some reporting or something. Dude, I want to know what the crowd vibe is. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's going to be an insane crowd. So, I'm hoping Coach K wins it, you know, finishes out his career with a dub. Yeah. Championship. But that being said, um, all the teams that have got, come this far have proven that they're really good. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to say. Well, I think it's impossible to say that one team is objectively better oh, than another. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah. So it'll be a fun weekend. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited. I love March Madness. It's been a wonderful ride. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Kansas for two reasons. One, first off, all my teams are out for our little drawing thing we did last week. Yeah. So I can't win. And so I'm going to go Andre Sater on y'all. <laughs> and if I can't win, nobody can win. <laughs> so Kansas all the way so that you guys have to suffer with me watching the baseball game. Um, yeah, you understand that no phone during the baseball game. <laughs> no phone at all. <laughs> at least we'll have each other. Yes. Yes. Can we, can we get food or something? Or what? How does that work? Uh, Water like only? Lock us in like a padded room. With one TV and nothing else. With only water. We're going to have to drink cranberry juice the whole time, Ooh, but not the okay. type with sugar. Just the straight, oh, super no. bitter Shoot, cranberry juice. Like... You have to have at least one glass per Tough inning. stuff. No bathroom breaks. <laughs> Dang. That's going to be bad. Well, Kansas. Kansas. Well, yeah. Do we want to give the fans a little update on how the, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. blind 16 went? So I'm out, Let's by the way. Just so everyone knows, I'm done. Yeah. St. Peter's was... Oh no, Dan had St. Peter's, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I was I was out. out. Yeah, Jared was out in like one day. Dan, you still got somebody left, right? I have Villanova left. So if Villanova wins, I will get some sort of Villanova paraphernalia shirt memorabilia. <laughs> memorabilia. <laughs> I, don't yep. I don't know what the word is, but I get it. <laughs> I have both Duke and UNC, so I am guaranteed at least one team in the national championship. So yeah. I am I'm pretty excited about that. Remember, if Kansas wins, all three of us, like we've been talking, have to watch a baseball game, MLB baseball game, from yep. start to finish, no phones, no distractions. You heard that correctly. Yes. A baseball game. And just so you know, we are not baseball people. Absolutely not. And knowing <laughs> yeah. our luck, honestly, it's going to go in the extra innings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some delay, and it's going to be great. Um, sound has to be on, also. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, should we get to a proper football Proper football, let's talk about it. Let's get to it, Dan. Proper football. Proper football, innit? Uh, so the Yanks beat the Schnorls out of Panama, uh, Panama, on, Panama on Sunday. Panama. Uh, they won 5 1. Wow. It wasn't F- only what? good. Yeah, 5 1. 5 1. mate. In a football match. Wow. Yes. Like baseball scores. <laughs> uh, it wasn't only good for the point, 
but also huge in the goal differential because if we end up tied with Costa Rica, oh no, which is a possibility if we lose to them, quite so, then we will win on the tiebreaker because we're now plus four something or other. Uh, but also, let's just be honest, the biggest winners in this are us because our hope has been restored. America. The American people have won again. Uh, yeah, so two good results this week. We went at Mexico. Got a tie. There we go. It's positive. Huge. That's yeah. huge. Um, and then we beat Panama, like Jared said. So this means that unless we lose to Costa Rica by six goals or more, <laughs> we're in. We're qualified. I'd say that's pretty good chance yeah. that we're going to qualify. Uh, very good on. chance. I don't have a huge knowledge of CONCACAF for soccer in general. Football. Yes. If we forfeit, Proper. doesn't that just count as a 3-0 loss? Yeah, that's what I heard floating around there. We could just forfeit <laughs> and gonna duck? move on. So, I don't know if they'll pursue that option or how that's viewed in the soccer community, but COVID certainly on the table. We're amid a, pand- a pandemic. Yeah, it's a no global COVID pandemic. Here. Well, our whole team got COVID. So, one more asterisk to our win. A what the oh. risk? So, the US MNT oh. sort of jumped the gun a little bit. Oh, uh oh. Because they pulled out a banner saying, Qualified Qatar 2022. Oh, no. <laughs> Even though we're technically not out of the woods yet. Okay, we need to Jeez. forfeit. Yeah. We need to forfeit. So, <laughs> it's probably not a big deal. Probably, nope, no problem. But something in the back of my mind is telling me. <laughs> This could be the birth of one of the most devastating sports curses known to man. <laughs> yep. oh, so get all your superstition juju knock on wood cross your toes. out there and pray that that is not the case. Watch us lose like 7-1. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, no. There was an incredible tweet sent out after the game by PFT from one of our favorite podcasts, part of my take. Yeah. He says... The U.S. once again is absolutely drilling a hole straight through Panama so that we can send our guys halfway around the world. I wonder what he's referring to there. All Great time, tweet. Great top tweet. ten tweet. <laughs> Very clever. Um, yeah, uh, one last proper football update. Proper. Real Salt Lake played again. Real. Mm. They traveled to Sporting Kansas City. Ooh. Ooh. They play sports. Sometimes. Um, they lost their first game of the season, 1-0. Nuts. Still doing good overall. They've been dealing with injuries, and it's hard to win on the road against Sporting Kansas City. But this week, they've got the Rocky Mountain Cup. Yeah, let's go. And Jared described this, or I think that was Jared, as the greatest rivalry in all of sports that features professional soccer teams from Utah and Colorado. Nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. There's nothing like it out there. ESPN stats and info. <laughs> and yeah, just one thing, personal plug, I've been keeping an eye on. 17-year-old Haziel Orozco. Ooh. He made his debut, MLS debut. He's okay. a great prospect. Excited to see how he plays going forward. After yeah. his emergency sub in after another player got hurt. And Oof. he stepped in and there he was. And the hey. problem is they, they didn't use the orange ball, did they? Ooh. No, they did not. Probably not. That's astute. <laughs> what did you say? Boink toot? Toot. Butt toot. Can't, can't, be, can't be cursing on the podcast. Yeah, yeah that was very butt toot of you. Yeah, wow. are you kidding me? <laughs> Alright, now let's talk about some real American football. Real football. Real, yes, I'm sorry, real football. Uh, we got some really good news coming from 
the land of Brigham Young University, oh. BYU landed the commitment of class of 2023, so this is in two years, D. Lyman Emmanuel Waller out of Chelsea, Alabama. <gasps> Chelsea. So we got a guy we got a guy from Alabama in the SEC That's pipeline. That's incredible. Four star yeah. according to rivals, three star according to 24-7. 24-7 more reputable, but we'll say the four star. I'll go with rivals on this one. Yeah. He is a huge and very faithful member of the church. So he really okay. it you know what this says to me? Top LDS talent now is seeing BYU yes. oh. as a legitimate option, and they're not deciding to go elsewhere. So that's he chose us over Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. So okay. maybe LDS, though we don't know if he's active. He's probably an active coach. <laughs> Some connections there. Wake Forest him. and Indiana. All right. And Wake Forest was a top ten school when yep. New Year's Six Bowl. That's true. Did they go to New Year's Six Bowl? No, they didn't. They lost. They played they Michigan State. Pitt. They played. Oh, they did. No, 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 wait. Michigan State, where did Pitt go? No, Michigan State played Pitt, you're right. Did Pitt beat Wake Wake Forest? No, but Wake Forest played Pitt in the ACC Championship game. Yes, they did. That's what it was. Okay, anyway. Wake Forest played Rutgers, Rutgers. in the bowl game. So and I, they smackered them. That's, right? that's a New Year's Six right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Regardless. They played in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, finished number 17 in the nation. Yeah, see? And so, Not like, bad at all. That's pretty good. I, I'd say that's pretty good. It's very impressive to me that we're getting these guys from SEC background, you know, and uh, Gabe Judy Lally, a little hint yeah, uh, to little later in the podcast. Teaser. Uh, but, like, we're getting these guys from SEC country. And... What you said um, about him being a member of the church, like I think that's kind of step one for BYU, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's you need to get the top LDS talent to exactly. come, and then you can kind of like work from there, mm-hmm. right? Because that's just it's built into the institution. That's just kind of the way it works here. So I'm yeah. really excited about this. Another person player that comes up when you talk about that getting the best member of the church football players is. Kingsley Suomataia, yes. yeah. who mm-hmm. originally five-star prospect out of Orm, went to Oregon because he thought that would be best for his football career. But now BYU is at the point where he decided he could transfer to BYU, right. still have a great football career, you know, set him up for NFL, but still, you know, as a member of church, be around you know people that he relates with and you know have a good time here. Yeah, because we sent Olam into the draft. We just sent Brady Christensen to the draft, and he played significant minutes for the yeah. Panthers last yeah. year. Yeah, yep. And James Empey is James Empey, yeah. might be drafted this year. I think yeah, that's a huge step for the program. And I think program in the the program, uh, kind of overall BYU recruiting, like with with Gabe uh, and uh, Judy Lally, Gabe Judy Lally, and uh, Caleb Hayes and Jacob Robinson. You know, like these guys that aren't members of the church. Like, they are also seeing this family atmosphere as something, you know, like like we talk about later with Gabe. It's it's a place that's desirable. Like, people want to be here. And I, I think that's really huge. And it's leading to success in BYU football recruiting. Because BYU football's 22-23 recruiting class right now is ranked 24th nationally. Not bad. Incredible. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's huge. not bad. <laughs> no, I, I actually wasn't going to bring this up. But now that you've talked about that, I kind of want to talk about it. A lot of people have seen in the past our honor code as a recruiting disadvantage. Right. That people didn't want to come because they didn't want, because they wanted to be able to party or they wanted to be able to drink alcohol or do whatever, you know, that young, crazy lifestyle. students do. Yeah. But we've had a lot of, like, 
like non-LDS Christian recruits come in, even in basketball, Fusini and Tiki Ali Tiki, who right. are Muslim, oh, are Muslim. Have yeah, come in, Amazing. that have seen BYU not as just an LDS institution, but rather an institution with Christian ideals or with you know religious with ideals, high moral with standards. high moral standards, yeah, yeah. where they can come in and focus on just sports, just football, and they don't have to worry about all those other distractions. Right. So do you guys think the honor code, is it a disadvantage or does it help us pull in the guys that fit our culture? I used to be in that camp of like the honor code is holding us back and recruiting, blah, 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 right? But the more that we talk with these guys, like Gabe or with Corbin Green. Roman or, Rashad has talked about it a lot. Yeah. He's a huge Christian guy, always posting scripture verses on his Twitter and stuff. And and that's awesome. And like with Fus and Tiki, right? I honestly am starting to see it as a plus. Like not only we're getting the top tier athletes, but we're getting the top tier like human beings yeah absolutely. which i think kalani has kind of showed everyone that's more important that's than just getting the athletes yeah i think you know it still kind of can affect it you know on an individual basis true some of the most talented players in the nation if they could choose between going to a really good program with no honor code or going to a really good program where you know if they personally don't have the same i don't know like moral preferences or like the same emphasis or if they just want to grow a beard yeah there's a lot of like weird rules that they can avoid if they go somewhere else right but like you guys were saying you know the other side of the coin there are some a lot of players out there who do try you know have that sort of internal drive to or maybe they're raised with some sort of moral um standard and that's not to say that non-BYU players have no morals <laughs> right, yeah, no of course, of course. Yeah, players, we don't want to give that off some players are raised where you know they feel like they would fit in better at a BYU environment with you know the BYU focuses and I think that's great yeah yeah absolutely I agree I agree how do you guys feel about being ranked so high nationally for the class of 2023 where do you guys where do you like to see BYU where do you think is realistic uh, for, for recruiting classes in football now that we're heading into the Big 12 hmm Realistically, BYU will never land a top 15 class, in my mind. Yeah. Just because, like we said, honor code is an advantage because it helps. It's like an extra filter to get us the guys that we want that fit our culture. But that means we're going to bring in a lot of three and four star talent, which our coaches have done a really good job of developing. Yeah. So we're not going to get the splashy five star commitments, I don't think. But I do think we can sustainably like stay in the 20 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. And I think the way our player development has gone, I think that will be a sustainable formula for success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it's definitely a big improvement. Like last year, 2022, or I guess that's this year. but 2021, we were like... The year before 2023, which is what we're talking about, we were 55, according mm-hmm. to 24-7. Yeah. 2021, we were even worse at... Uh, where'd it go? 2020, we were... Oh, you have to press the load more button. <laughs> oh, 2021 has us at 77. Ooh. And before that, 81. 81, yeah. <laughs> So, we went from 81, like, last year, to by the time 2023 comes around, we'll be 24. With room to improve still. With room to improve, yeah. We got a lot of four-star guys that visited. So, I think it's definitely a huge improvement. Hopefully it translates to better play on the field, and if so, with the development we've already been having, I think it's great news for the program, especially as we go into the Big 12, where we're going to need all the help we can get. Yes, I 100% agree. 
and I'm with you, Justin. I think top 15, maybe 20, 30 years down the road if things continue at this rate. But 2025 is right where we want to be. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Um, also, with uh, other football talk, uh, the USFL starts in just 19 days from when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Probably wow. if you're listening to it on the day it comes out. Uh, that's it. Uh, just be excited. Be yeah. excited. They've already practiced three times now. So. Oh, three Let's times. Go. Three Let's times. go. I saw a team getting really hyped about a PAT that a guy kicked. Oh, Let's go. Yeah. We got PATs, baby. Kickers are people, PATs. too. <laughs> Kickers are people, too. <laughs> Bringing it back to BYU. Here on Thursday, the 31st of March, we got the BYU alumni game. Mm. I think it's kind of funny that they're doing Royal and Navy. I think is Kalani really trying to do something with this I Royal Navy combination? <laughs> he's pushing it. So that's going to be Thursday. Uh, starts at five thirty. The game itself will start at seven. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of notable BYU alumni playing in this game. They just dropped the rosters, and let me tell you, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's actually super star-studded. Uh, the quarterbacks be Kevin Federick for Team Royal, and for Team Navy, we got our boy. Max Hall. Max Hall, he's back. back. First of all, can I just say, so great to see him healthy mm-hmm. and recovering from addiction. That, that's yeah, that's that a hard really, thing to beat. He's he really fought through his demons, and he's, he's doing great. Yeah, and can I just say, like, Max Hall was my childhood hero growing up. Oh, yeah. like I hate Utah speech. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I grew up on, was, like, my first memories are, like, watching, like, 2007 BYU... Play Utah, 17-10, 4th and 18 to Cauley. You know, like, he's my man. And so I feel inclined to take Team Navy's side mm-hmm. just because Max Hall and a couple of the other guys on the team. Johnny Linehan. Johnny Linehan. 4th yeah. and 19, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what team are you guys going for? Team Navy? Team Royal? So... Um, it came out that Kalani Satake will be on Team Royal yeah. oh, as a running back. He's suiting up. <laughs> I would love to see some of that. We we think it'll be a flag football game. I think it is, so yeah. So that'll be very fun to see these old, you know, maybe washed guys <laughs> running around with their, you know, spare tires around their waist. <laughs> but, yeah, both teams have really fun names. I'm really excited to see Kalani on Team Navy. Yeah, Aaron Roderick and Coach G too. Yeah, that's the coach team. You got Jack DeMooney on Team Navy. Should be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I love Team Royal. I think Team Navy's gonna take home the dub though. Yeah, they're younger. Yeah, that's true. They're gonna be able to, you know, jog while the other team walks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you can, it's completely free. Yep. Uh, for the first like hour, hour and a half before the game starts, the 2022 football team will be there signing autographs, giving out posters, photo ops, stuff like that. So get there, do what you can. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I think it will yeah. be aired on BYU TV too, right? Uh, yeah, on the app. On, on the BYU TV app. app. BYU TV app. Awesome. Yep. That's a fun event. I'm very excited. I don't, I, like, I've never heard of people doing this before. I don't know if they've done it before, but... This, this is honestly a lot of fun. It's going to replace the spring game. Yeah. There will be a little practice kind of thing like an open practice kind yeah of basically like an open practice so that'll be fun cool. but you know speaking of BYU football oh baby I think we're getting ring 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 we have a friend of the BYU oh, football program on the this? line we have a little bit of an interview to going on with BYU transfer from Vanderbilt Gabe Judy Lolly so we're really excited to have this interview with him it was great you guys are gonna love it let's get to it 
All righty. Well, here we are with a new BYU Cougar, Gabriel Judy Lally. Mm. He's a transfer from the SEC, Vanderbilt. Let's go. You may have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a cornerback, defensive back, you know. His numbers speak for themselves. We'll probably get into those. But first of all, we just want to ask you, Gabe, who are you? And kind of what's your story? What makes you you? What's your life like, I guess? <laughs> um, well, all right. So um, I was born in New York, but I moved to Texas at a young age. Uh, it was my mom and I. And she met my stepdad. And uh, from there, he kind of just was like, you know, if you're going to live in Texas, you got to play football. So, <laughs> of course, right? Kind of went on that realm and played play football pretty much my whole life. I'd say like going on 16 years now. And wow. um, I moved away for a little bit in high school, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, played ball in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then when I decided to go to Vanderbilt, my family moved back to Texas. Um, football, you know, I'm first person in my family to really play football. Okay. Um, wow. My mom's an immigrant. She's from Ukraine. My uh, wow. biological father, he's from Haiti. Um, good relationship with all of them. Uh, my mom, she worked really hard to put me in the position I am right now. So I really appreciate her. Stepdad, he's, he's a dude. He's my bro. He <laughs> just, just talks sports all the time. Uh, my parents own a doggy daycare out in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we're big, big dog people. Heck yes. um, and yeah, and um, got it. Um, good deal of siblings. I pretty much grew up by myself my whole life. My siblings are significantly older than me, so just okay. by myself the whole time. But to that aspect, my stepsister owns two doggy daycares also. So we're wow. big dogs. <laughs> Let's family. go. We love <laughs> yeah. family. So yeah. But uh other than that, that's pretty much me. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's amazing. Nice. <laughs> and we're dog people here on the podcast, but we, we gotta ask this question because this, this matters a lot to me. Are you okay. big dogs or small dogs? Or oh, all definitely, definitely big dogs. It's got to be. It's got to be big dogs, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a real dog. No little yippers? No, no, no. Yeah, Nothing I grew up with, at all. Yeah, I grew up with St. Bernard, so I love big dogs. Mm. Awesome. We're boxer people, but I actually have a Rottweiler mix that nice. she pretty much stays with my parents at this moment in time because I stay at my girlfriend's apartment. But uh, yeah, um, so we love big dogs. We got great danes and mastiffs such all at the doggy daycare so it's a, it's a great time you know Dude, uh, that's amazing that's really cool yeah, that is really yeah. cool so kind of going off of that so you went to vanderbilt out of high school right and you graduated in three years from vanderbilt if i understand it correctly right Which, yes that is correct that's that's incredible first off because yeah. like vanderbilt is an incredibly prestigious college or university and like you graduated in three years there so like what was your experience at Vanderbilt? Like, what are you studying? Kind of like, what has been your experience with Vanderbilt? Because, you know, we all hold it in so such high respects in that way. So kind of what was that? Uh, so uh, I'm studying human organizational development with the track in leadership and organizational effectiveness and a minoring in business. Um, I first went to college and I wanted to be a doctor. Um, then I quickly realized it was just hard to get labs in with football and such. So and I took a lot of pre-med courses, but just wasn't able to take the labs and such to be able to finish that track. Um, take 18 hours almost every single semester that I was at Vanderbilt, take summer school. Um, my mom always like told me that 
school comes first, football comes later. She's like, I'll take you off scholarship before they take you off scholarship. <laughs> so, wow. so um, definitely made sure that academics were a high priority in my situation. And it, the stars just kind of aligned since I early enrolled. I was able to get, you know, a semester and also a summer. So by the time, like, the class of 2019 went to college, I was already a sophomore. And from there, things just kind of went by. I honestly could have graduated earlier if I didn't, like, take <laughs> off a little bit during COVID. Okay. Know, like, yeah. I was like, I'm going home. I'm going <laughs> to hang out a little bit. It took 12 hours that semester, and I needed, like, six this semester. But I was like, <laughs> if I was just taking the 18, I would have been done already. But it's all it's yeah. all good. It all worked out in its own light. So, yeah. Just a small flex there from Gabe. You know, three years, I could have done it in two and a half, but, you know. From Vanderbilt. No biggie. I thought I was cool graduating in three and a half. Look at you, two and a half. My goodness gracious. Yeah, that's awesome. So I got a question for you. Because you're going the business yeah. route, how did you choose BYU? And did BYU's, like, great, you know, business master's program, did that have any effect in, like, where you were choosing to go for your, like, postgraduate school? I mean, of course, like having a Vanderbilt undergrad, like I'm not going to say I'm particularly like afraid about getting a job out of college, you know, football doesn't work out, but I definitely thought that you know, to best set myself up if, you know, football ends someday, I thought that a school with a great business school or whatever realm I wanted to go to as part of my decision, you know, I mean, I'm an adult now, so the decision that I make is like my own, my parents aren't. Um, you know, influencing me by any means. So, you know, I wanted to pick a place that had a great culture, but also at the same time gave me the ability to, you know, plan my life out after football. And, you know, the stars just kind of aligned that like the Marriott School of Business is really great. Um, just heard good things about it. Just, you know, kind of like you've heard about Vanderbilt, it's the same things that I heard about school business. And so um, I thought it was just kind of a no brainer decision to be able to do that while also playing football at a high level. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, sounds like you've taken a lot of thought into this and you've got a great plan on your life and you've been working hard. So very impressive. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, man. That's awesome. It. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so besides the business school, what else about BYU kind of attracted you and led you to choose transferring to BYU out of all the other schools? Um, of course, you know, it just has a great culture over there. You know, once I went and visited, you know, everybody has their like qualms about every place that they go to but I just kind of went up there and I just saw like you know it was more or less a stress-free environment that just prided itself on winning football games and you know producing talent and you know with this next decision in my life I wanted a place that was going to set me up best for football and also you know life after football and I thought that you know being able to you know win some games and go to a bowl games experience that I haven't had yet and I thought that helped me out you know when it comes to NFL route you know play at the same level um, high level in football field while also winning games is also something that scouts notice so I thought that just all those things coming together in culmination was just part of my decision to want to go to BYU and you know and just kind of checked off the boxes and from there you know the rest is history now yeah well we're very glad you came uh we'll just yep. say that <laughs> yeah yeah we are <laughs> very lucky yeah so i mean looking at your numbers of last season like it was kind of incredible uh you were like tied for second in the sec and like receptions allowed which is incredible because some of the guys on that list are like going to be first second round draft picks in this year's draft so 
and and I see that you have like 50 tackles, 35 of them solo, which I think is pretty incredible for a corner. So like, what what what's kind of your game? Like, do you pride yourself on like being a cover corner or kind of a guy that can do man or zone, or do you like to like you know fill the box, stop the run? Like, what's kind of your style? Who would you say you model yourself after? I wouldn't say that I particularly model myself after anybody. I mean, I just kind of play my own type of game, and it just really just changes from week to week. You know look at the schedule, look who we're playing, the type of receiving core, like what what need we need. And I mean, I'm a physical type player. Like, you know, the build might not look that way, but I mean, I like to tackle. I like to like make sure, like once I hit you, like you know that I'm coming in. I mean, at the same time, like I would say that zone, man, it didn't really matter because I play both left and right or into the field or into the boundary. So okay. either way, it doesn't really matter to me. I was just taught to play that way from a young age. And um, so I feel that I just pride myself on blanket coverage. So with that aspect, the ball might not come to me as often as it does to the other corner on the other side or just anywhere on the field. So, I mean, that plays into the aspect of receptions, you know, but um, at the same time, if I have blanket coverage, the quarterback's just not going to throw the ball to that side of the field. So right. it's just kind of beneficial for the defense in general. So, I mean, might have not got as many targets, but it's just because of the technique and the style of play that I put on. And, and when I'm in the boundary, you know, if it's rotating the safety or it's needing to fill the C-gap, whatever the case of the matter is, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be there to, you know, support my teammates. And that's just kind of the style of play that I've just grown, grown up on and just all the guys that have taught me, like, you got to be able to do it all at corner, even though everybody thinks it's just cover. Like <laughs> if you can't tackle then Like it doesn't matter when they can't right. oh, yeah. touch the ball, then it's going to be a touchdown. So <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much, that's pretty yeah. much my touchdown. <laughs> no, dude, I love that answer. Cause that's kind of like what the, the modern day corner kind of needs to be kind of like a Jack of all trades. He can do anything. The offense puts him in or, you know, the defensive coordinator puts him in a position to need to do. And I played DB in high school, obviously. You know, not anymore. But uh, <laughs> I always thought like being a corner was like one of the hardest positions on the football field, like because you got to do everything the receiver does, but you don't know what's coming. So it, it, in order to like be that blank coverage, like that takes a lot. And it's really impressive. Yeah. Corners are really hard position to play. I mean, I, I didn't play corner. I played like a linebacker running back type in high school, but I love hearing that you like to tackle people and that you like <laughs> contact because honestly, that, I mean, that's what football is, right? At the end of the day, it's an excuse to get out there and hit each other, you know, <laughs> yeah. in yeah. a way that's, uh, you know, not like, I don't know, vi like violent and like, I don't know, like it's, Will, it's Will Smith. Yes. Exactly. It's not like Will Smith yeah, slapping yeah. people at the Oscars or anything, you know? It, this is like sanctioned violence. <laughs> so yeah. I love hearing that, man. But we we kind of talked about the SEC. In SEC country, like, what's the vibe around BYU? Do people even know BYU exists, really? Or, like, like when you saw BYU pop up on your radar, like, did you even know much about about the school? I mean, of course, like, I mean – I'm a football player, just, I mean, at heart. So, of course, I want to know about BYU and, I mean, Zach Wilson last year and then everything like that. I mean, Steve Young and everybody that's just come through. So, of course, um, I mean, when, I mean, any ranked team you're going to kind of know about, you know, BYU has been pretty good the last few years. I mean, we've seen him play in some great games, you know, last season, freaking really good football team and the year before that, even better football team. I mean, Honestly, like, an SEC country, 
I mean, we worry about ourselves, you know, because you, if you want to go to the national championship game, you got to be, be able to win the games in the SEC and then win a couple at a conference. But of course, like being a football player, I, I definitely know about BYU. And at the same time, I, um, Coach Gray, Coach Derwin Gray, he coached me in high school. So I knew about BYU since high school. It's an aspect. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Derwin Gray's a legend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Derwin yeah, Gray's yeah. a legend. <laughs> so growing up in uh, North Carolina, you said right? Uh, uh, or I grew spending up here some time in Texas, there. but I went to yeah, yeah I went high, to high school. school in North Carolina. Yeah. So uh, Final Four is coming around. We got Duke and UNC in there. Uh, do you are you partial to one side or the other? Uh, do you have a rooting interest? Um. So I mean, I got some boys that play football at UNC. Um, so of course, I mean, I, I no ill will towards UNC, but my stepdad actually went to NC State. So like in his oh, house, okay. it's, it's yeah. the ABC rule. So it's anything but Carolina. So I guess in his aspect, he's going to okay. be ruined for, for Duke. But I mean, honestly, to me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I don't really have many dogs in the fight, but you know, it's the hoop state. So it's just cool to see both of them be, be in the final four and especially with Coach K's last last run I think that would be a cool 30 for 30 to make if he wins it all oh, so, for I, mean, sure. I, guess, I guess hopefully Duke can win but either way you know it's gonna be a great basketball game yeah all right yeah I respect that for sure um yeah well we think we've kind of talked about your style and like the BYU program the last couple of years it's kind of been on the rise and we're we like we said we're, we feel very lucky to have you coming over here um, do you know any of the players or have you gotten to know any of them or any of the coaches that have reached out to you that you're excited to play with? Yeah, um, I mean, when I was over there, uh, Caleb and Malik, they hosted me, you know, got to hang out with them. They're great guys, you know, Caleb is kind of in a similar situation as myself, transferred over from Oregon State, you know, so it's good to hear from a guy that's been in my same shoes and um, had success after he made that decision so you know it shows that there's a proven track record in making that decision which helps and then you know got to I mean I've gotten to know coach G really well you know he actually just called me while I was on interview right now but wow. uh, <laughs> sorry coach but, G <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy you know it, really amicable it felt like I mean I was talking to somebody I'd known for a while which is good you know in this process it's not like high school where you're trying to get one over by the facilities jerseys all that type of stuff mm -hmm. um it's more or less about the people that are going to keep it real with you and like tell you what they need from you and like what they project from you and um how they are going to you know help you reach your goals and you know coach he keeps it real with me and says what he needs and what he's looking for so um i thought that i could come here and be able to fill those gaps and you know it's just been it's been great so far that's awesome, man. That's really cool to hear. A lot of the things we hear about BYU's program is that family feel and that as soon as you talk to the coaches, as soon as you talk to the players, like you said, it's like amicable. It feels like you've known them for a really long time. So that's really cool. And it's the same way with the fans, man. Like, we already love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're really amicable with us, you know, at heart, we're BYU fans. But, you know, every once in a while we get cocky and we think, you know, we could be BYU players. So I, I want you to be really honest with us. Okay? And like, you can't see really how fat we are underneath the table. So like, so you don't have any bias or anything. If we lined up right now and ran one-on-ones with you, do you think any of us three could catch a pass? 
Okay, what I'm going to say is you, you better have a really good quarterback. <laughs> like, not to no ill will about athletic prowess. I'm just saying, <laughs> I hope you have a good quarterback. You know, yeah, if, you can, if you can fit it in to some narrow spaces, then um, maybe. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say on a good day. Maybe on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. willing to back that up? Um, you know, I'm couple hundred miles away but you know maybe maybe in the near future we can we can see what we can make happen all right sounds good <laughs> that'd be great that'd be great yeah, yeah. um speaking of so you're um still at home right now right um yes i am so when exactly do you come like to provo like to to start with the team because i assume you'll be playing this fall right yes um i'm the summertime is the projection you know early June is where I'm looking at. I mean, I got to graduate from Vanderbilt, of course. Right, 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 right. And then, you know, I got to bust it 22 hours from Austin, Texas, all the way over <laughs> to Provo, Utah in my car. So um, nice. that would be a little bit of a hike. But um, yeah, so that's the projection about when I'm going to get over there. And then from there, I mean, we're going to get to work. Yeah, let's go, baby. I I assume so, you've seen like the schedule this year, right? Playing Baylor at Oregon, Notre Dame in Vegas, Arkansas is coming to town. How do you how did that kind of factor into your decision? Did it at all, right? And then BYU going into the Big Twelve as well, like that's a lot of exposure, right? Is that did that play any sort of a, fa- a factor in kind of your excitement or or your decision to go to BYU? I wouldn't say in the decision per se to go to BYU, but definitely in the excitement. I mean, of course, this year, you know, last year being independent and without me knowing if, I mean, if I have a great year, I don't know if I stay another one because I mean, right. I'm doing my four and then I'll move on. But if not, then, you know, the big 12 is also exciting. Get to have another year and, you know, get to play closer to home and easier for my right. family to come watch me play. Right. But uh, of course, it's really cool, you know, get to, leaving from the SEC a lot of people are like you're not going to face the same competition well I mean we got Arkansas on the schedule we got Baylor on the schedule we got Notre Dame on the schedule like they're they're teams that everybody hears about every single year in the top 25 so um that's exciting and you know I get to show off my talents on a different team against teams that you know I've played against or had players come to my team again like from so it, it brings excitement of course and I mean excited to win some games against some big time talent as well too Oh, yeah. Let's go. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. So we think it's going to be an exciting season. You'll probably yeah. have a lot of opportunities to prove yourself. So with that being said, do you have any individual goals or team goals that you're hoping to accomplish this year? Well, I mean, definitely in my time, I haven't reached a bowl game since I mean, I played in college. I'm definitely like as a team goal, definitely a bowl game. But I know that's already on the radar, BYU. But, you know, maybe – slide in, you know, with some great power five wins, slide into New Year's Six Bowl, you know, show everybody that coming into the Big 12, I mean, it's a team that you do have to worry about. Definitely, I mean, as an individual goal, I mean, I want to make more plays on the ball, get a couple more interceptions this season, you know, more pass breakups, because, I mean, I think that I've definitely proven the aspect that I can come up and tackle. I mean, had a little bit of ball production, but, you know, I think finishing off my career with more shows that it's just, I'm just exponentially rising. And um, that's what I'm hoping to do, and, you know, as a team, you know, maybe get a pick in a year six ball, you know, get a play <laughs> on the year's team after that, you know. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> get that's a pick six, man. <laughs> For sure. And we definitely believe in you, man. We, we definitely think, hey, man, we're going to give you the good juju right now. 
you were going to get an interception in every game, <laughs> every single game. <laughs> one per game. Oh, if one that's per- the case, then I guess I guess that'll be my one year. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we'll be cheering you on in the NFL after that. <laughs> Oh man. Speaking of kind of, what are some of the things that you like to do like outside of football, you know, like, cause football obviously is a grind and you can't be doing that 24 seven. So what are some of the things you like to do to unwind? Maybe just to hang out, chill. Outside of the 18 plus hours of school too. Yeah. 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 Um, Honestly, I just like to hang out with my friends. I mean, with my dog, I mean, and my girlfriend, I guess. I mean, honestly, I don't do much. I don't have the time to do much also, but at the same time, I'm just tired. So like, and I also really enjoy hanging out with people and like just being around the guys and my friends in general and having, you know, lived in a lot of different areas and made a lot of different friends. So it's just fun to me to be able to hang out with people, you know, catch their vibe, you know, make relationships that last a lifetime. And so that's pretty much what I like to do. I know it doesn't sound too exciting, but, uh, that's that's pretty much it with the life that I live. Yeah. I must say, like as as dog people, I think we can relate. I think it's kind of funny that you said dog first, girlfriend second. <laughs> like your first thought was, I, I love to hang out with my dog, man, and I get that. I know my I wife mean, would say the same thing. She'd oh yeah, like, for yeah, sure. Dog first. <laughs> I mean, I got the dog before the girlfriend, you know. So yeah. the dog is like yeah. it's purely chronological, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's yeah. she's she's my baby. She's my dog. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. What's your dog's <laughs> name, by the way? My dog's name is Willow. Willow, Willow. Willow. that's cool. That's a cool yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. All right, already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about coming to Provo and playing in the cold weather? Does have you like? I'm sure your years in Vanderbilt, right? mostly warm weather i'm assuming for the most part is is that true i'd say i mean warm is a relative term because i'm from texas so like if it gets below 50 i'm like dang it's a little chilly outside (laughs) but um you know during the covid season we played like games through like the middle of december so it was like cold like yeah even like to standards like it it snows like later on in nashville if it does snow but it was like 25 degrees and just windy and just like your, your fingers hurt and your toes yeah hurt. that's miserable that's yep. a miserable so, cold <laughs> yeah that's the cold that you don't really want to play football in but um it you know it it doesn't really bother me <laughs> being out on the field a lot of the time you don't really feel it. it's more or less when you go to the sideline and then you're like mm. i just want to get out on the field <laughs> right <you're just laughs> like, i'm really cold so yeah <laughs> but, i mean I'm not nervous about it by any means. And um, I mean, I'm kind of excited. I mean, we played this year at Vanderbilt. We played at Colorado State. And it was, you know, on a higher elevation. And, right, like, yeah. I personally, I thought it was, like, great. I was like, I can breathe so much better. It was, like, re- really good out there. So, like, oh, nice. Okay. For that aspect also. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good sign coming to BYU because yeah. we definitely got some elevation here, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you were talking about cold, you were talking about snow and all that. Coming to Utah, you know, you have to make a decision once you get here. You're either team ski or team snowboard. There's no in-between. It says a lot about you which one, you I know, which one you choose. So, which one are you, team ski or team snowboard? Definitely team snowboard. Okay. All right. All right. We got a snowboarder. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm not. So, like, growing up in Texas, you know, we don't have – much snow but we do have lakes and ah. wakeboarding and wake surfing and oh, okay such. so um definitely 
team snowboard. I mean, I've gone out to the mountain probably five or six times also. And I, I like I like to snowboard. It's easier. I feel like it's less toll in the body and more a little bit more of control because like okay. I can't do like two separate things with my feet at the same time <laughs> moving like that. I don't play, I don't play soccer. Like I don't, I don't do that. Like I said, definitely the snowboard. The snowboard is more or less my realm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't really do either. So like I, either way, I'm just tumbling down the mountain. That's what I'm best at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, on a more serious note, Gabe, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, being coached by an absolute BYU legend in Derwin Gray. Can you tell us a little bit about the impact he has had on your career and what he's taught you? Um. So Coach Gray coached me a freshman and sophomore year when I just moved over to Charlotte. And I mean, I was friends with his son, Jeremiah great football player himself and um he pretty much just told me i had the potential he was like you have the size you have the frame he was like but you just have to go out there and get it if that's what you want to do and i mean of course coach me up on technique and everything like that and then jeremiah and him they went to a different school in charlotte so of course um i wasn't able to be the coach for him anymore but he always checked in you know always told me he's proud of me congratulating me on all my endeavors and everything like that and there's He's just a great guy, honestly. Um, regardless of being a coach, just a mentor, and a, a friend, I definitely am thankful for. And you know, throughout this process, he's like, regardless of the decision that you make, I'm gonna support you, and like, I'm here to help you out. If the decision is BYU, and if it's not, it's okay. Like, whatever you need, I'm in your corner, and I I just really appreciate that because you know, I mean, this decision, I it, I mean, it's one that's life changing, and right. for someone that's been there and and had success at that level it's good to be able to have him in my corner and talk to me about things yeah that is really nice and that that's really cool that you kind of had that sort of relationship with him and and he could kind of like you know kind of be that guy you know a little like lifeline when you're in this you know time where you move into a new state new football team I'm sure like you know and that that's really nice to have and when you're coming here to Provo, we are a good lifeline for you. You just need to hang out, go see a movie or something. We're right here for you. Oh, heck so, yeah. yeah. We're pros at that. Restaurant recommendations. Yeah. You got a couple of Utah natives right here. These guys have been in Provo there basically their whole lives. So yeah. they know the area really well. Many years. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, before we wrap up here, we just, first off, we want to say thank you, bro, for your time. Like, it means a ton for you to, you know, come and, and just hang out with us. We're really excited to see you on the field. Um, we just want to give you a question. Do you have any questions about BYU or the fandom or anything? If you don't, that's fine. But, like, if you have any burning questions, let them rip. I mean, in all honesty, I don't really have many questions. I, I guess, like, as you're – experience as BYU fans how rowdy I guess does it get in the stadium because you know coming from the, S- from the SEC I mean you get pretty rowdy I mean some places oh, you go no. they get rowdy rowdy to an extent and you're like whoa it's a little bit different but I mean what, in that in that aspect how would you how would you say it gets over there <laughs> uh, who wants See, to, who wants to start out that's a good question I my two cents first of all look up the Arizona State game when they came to BYU, did you hear about that? I haven't actually heard about okay. it, but I, I, I watched, I mean, I watched highlights of the game, yeah. guess, but that's more or less like the highlights, you know? Yeah. So in that game, in the second half, Arizona State had like four straight false starts because it was so loud in there. 
but they couldn't hear a single thing, and their O line was so confused. Yeah, because <laughs> they were they were right next to our student section. Our our student section is on the what is that the south end zone. Yeah. So yeah, we were right in their ears, dude. I'm telling you, it gets loud. I mean, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We get it. The SEC. It means that's what it, that's what they say, right? It just means more. <laughs> I don't know. It just means more here at BYU. First of all, you're gonna have twenty three thousand more people in the stadium cheering. So I mean, that gives a little bit of energy. Of you know, twenty three thousand people can scream at least a little loud. I think. Yeah. But yeah. no, we us three, we're always deep in the student section. We love it, man. The rock can get crazy. I'm telling you that there's going to be times where you're going to need earplugs because <laughs> there's times like they record the decibels, right? And there's yeah. times that like gotta, it's yeah. it's it's past the range that like you can get hearing damage. <laughs> like it's great. Man. Yeah. Um yeah, just to wrap that up. Uh I grew up in Columbus and then moved to to Provo for high school. So I like Grew up a Buckeye fan, right? I've been to the shoe, you know, and I won't say like, because, you know, here at BYU, like alcohol isn't allowed on campus, right? And so you don't get like the crazy drunk fans that are like insane, you know, (laughs) but I will say that the student section for BYU fills up every single game. Like we were playing Idaho State, right? Like a D3 school. And the student section was completely full, and it was a sellout. Stadium was at like ninety-eight percent capacity. Yeah, we had sixty-one thousand people to come watch BYU play Idaho State. So if that gives you any idea, it, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of help on defense. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you'll have yeah. Cosmo the Cougar, man. Cosmo the Cougar's a legend. <laughs> He's a legend. Have you have you heard about Cosmo the crazy stunts he does? Like, yes, I actually have, and I've seen him actually. Yeah. Okay, Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We love Cosmo. We know his coach. So, you know, they're the Cosmo the Cougars is something special here at BYU. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But yeah, well, you got I, any more questions or No, I don't actually. I, I appreciate you guys having me on and you know, it was lighthearted and it was good. So I, I appreciate the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, of course, man. We don't want to hold you any longer. Uh but before we go, we want to get a go Cougs from you. Let's hear it. All right, go Cougs. And let's go Cougs, baby. Go Cougs. <laughs> yeah. Got a little ad right here. I want to give a quick shout out to my wife, Katie, for, because she did something that made me fall in love with her incredibly more over our anniversary weekend. We spent it up in Park City. I asked her, what do you want to do for dinner? She says, well, isn't March Madness on? I said, yeah, it is. She goes, well, do you want to go to B-dubs or some sort of sports bar to watch the game? And I said, are, excuse me, are you kidding me? This coming from you? It was incredible. I've never felt more in love with my wife. We went to an actual bar. There was literally a sticker on the wall that said, this place is not licensed as a restaurant. It is a bar. She ate wings and loaded nachos with me, and we just watched the game. It was incredible. Shout out to Katie. That's my ad. Alrighty, listeners. We hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Mm-hmm. And... Can I just say how much I love that guy? That was like, a lot of fun. You can. He yes. is a great guy. I don't, I don't know. There's just something about him, like, so likable. He's such a humble dude. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just so glad we got him. I'm really excited to see him on the field. Uh, hopefully we can hang out with him, have him wreck us on one-on-ones. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun uh-huh. stuff. Get him and Corbin Green just yeah. to trash us. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Honestly, if all three of us ran around on both of them at the same time, like, we could run three separate directions, and we still probably couldn't complete the pass. I honestly think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we had Zach Wilson throwing for us. Yeah. I, 
<laughs> when he said that, I was like, yeah, I don't know if even if we had a great quarterback, I'd still be able to catch a ball. <laughs> That's being generous. Probably. That's being very generous. But uh, yeah, that was that was a good time. Uh, if you're still listening, we absolutely love you, Gabe. We're glad to have you. Yep. Um, let's get into men's basketball because men's basketball season, unfortunately, has come to an end. Uh, we lost to Washington State at home in the NIT quarterfinals by quite a sizable margin. Yes. Uh, 19? Is that what that subtracts to? 77 minus 58. Uh, yeah, I believe 19. so. Yeah. Look at me go. <laughs> Your maths. Yeah. Good maths. Um, this team had a good run in the NIT. Of course, it's disappointing not to make the NCAA tournament, but you know, once they're in the NIT, I think we kind of decided, well, might as well enjoy it, cheer for them, hope they do well. Yeah. And they had a couple of good games for sure. They really did. Unfortunately, it all came to an end on Wednesday night when they lost to Washington State. They got out-cougared. They got out-cougared. Yeah. Unfortunate. Well, uh, let's play football. Yeah, Washington State. Take that. Yeah, we beat you at a cooler sport. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, freak you. Yeah, let's go. Okay, uh, (laughs) let's uh, get your final thoughts on the season. Now that we're kind of like a week removed... um, Three weeks removed, depending on how you look at things. Uh, let's just get your overall thoughts on the season. What What is the not knee-jerk reaction? Not knee-jerk? Not, after saying, letting like, it stew. Rational, letting it yes, stew. rational. Contemplative. Yes, Dan. I don't know who you two are talking about rationality and <laughs> contemplativeness. Uh, is contemplativeness a word? Probably not. It is now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you meant. If yep. you've listened this far into the episode, on our last Instagram post, comment contemplativeness. And, and give us your thought. Is it a word or not? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Do it. Anyway, for the season, I'm left thinking what could have been. Mm. Players getting hurt caused us to change scheme, push players out of position, and stunted the impact made that would have been from Loner and Knight, in my opinion, mm. because it, pu- it pushed both Loner and Knight out of position took Knight out of his comfort zone, forced Loner into doing something that wasn't his size. Looking back on it, we still performed pretty well given our circumstances, but the Pacific and Santa Clara losses just do not sit well with me. Yeah. We could have won those games, and if we do, I think we end up on the right side of the bubble. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very conflicted here myself, um, but at the end of the day, I'm not terribly disappointed with how it went, you know, given what they had to deal with. Um, the injuries of note are our two starting big men, Richard Harwood and Gavin Baxter. Mm-hmm. Losing both of those guys for this season is never going to be easy. Yeah, not ideal. But at the same time, I'm not really satisfied either. <laughs> Jared brought up the Pacific and Santa Clara losses, and I think there's just some inconsistency that kind of plagued us throughout the middle portion of the season. And we proved, and I'll kind of get into the coaching later. We have another discussion about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we could have done better, and it's like it's sort of like the one that got away. But while it was happening, you had a lot of fun, so you kind yeah. of look look back fondly. But yeah. but not that fondly. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to have games to go to. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than being a, a Utah fan. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> At least we didn't have. 
Yeah, at least we don't hang banners, but we don't hang curtains either. So. <laughs> that is a great quote. We need to put that on the quote wall. We don't yes. hang banners, but we don't hang curtains. <laughs> yeah, we're starting a quote wall. That's on the quote wall. Um, for me, I'm disappointed, but not exactly surprised. I think the writing was on the wall as soon as we lost Harvard and Baxter. Yeah. Um, and our lack of depth showed big time. And not just like at the big man position, like Fush and Tiki played really well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm really excited for their future. Me too. Um, but our lack of depth at every position showed through. Like Justin said, we have people Definitely. playing that position, trying to fill spots. Like we didn't have like the crafty guard that you need. You know, like a TJ Haas, you know, because Barcelo and Tejan, they just like, they weren't quite that guy, but they're, they're both good in their own respects, but. We only had one ball handler in, in and of itself because Alex Barcelo was a ball handler, yes, but he was getting face guarded yeah. the entire yeah. year. So it was just Tejan Lucas, and when he got taken out. Right? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Nothing. And let's be honest, Alex Barcelo is an amazing shooter. But like that's kind of that's his strength, right? Yeah. His strength is yeah. shooting, not really. Not a super shifty in and out create, between the legs. Yeah. Create, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know I I'm a very invested fan, and I think more years than not, I think we could make a Final Four and win a New Year's Six game, um, like whether it's rational or not. <laughs> but I and so but I don't say not. this very often. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to say it. This just wasn't our year. Like, it just wasn't yeah. in the cards for us this year. And I think that's... It's not okay with me, but it's just like... It's okay. Like, oh well. You know? I'm not yeah. heartbroken over it. You guys ready? Can we all come together as BYU fans and say our favorite two words that we say at the end of every season? Next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next year. I will. I will say... I'm glad that we're not saying about that we're not saying that about beating Utah in yeah. football, mm-hmm. right? That's so. True. I think we can say we had an athletic, we had success in all athletics because we beat Utah in football. Right? Yep, yep. From that one game, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that just shows how much we've been starving for the last twelve years. <laughs> and I'm really sad that we lost to Washington State because that's our only loss against the Pac-12 in any sport this year. Oh, I know that's shoot, I forgot they're Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. kind of sad. Darn. Dan, you brought up a very interesting point. We, you kind of talked uh, talked about the coaching. Uh, Mark Pope seemed like he had to do a lot with very little this year, but some people are kind of critical as to what he did. How do you guys feel about Coach Pope after what this is his now third full year? Yes. Third or fourth full year of coaching? Third and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. How do you guys feel about Coach Pope and what he's done with the program so far? Is it right if I take this one first, Dan? Go for it. Okay. I, I want to be very clear. Mark Pope is not on the hot seat. Nope. Because I have to say that, you know something's coming. <laughs> Why would you say that? So, he has been bumped up from a love this guy, I'm fine with him, to a I'll cut my eye on you. Okay? <laughs> what was that voice? Beautiful. <laughs> it's like the crazy old lady that's like... Looking at you from behind her screen on her porch, that's like, <laughs> I got my eye on you. When you like cut across your lawn walking to school. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, nope. sure. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my eye on Mark Pope, and this is the reason, okay? Because I don't really have a reason to dislike him or distrust him, right? I yeah. absolutely love his energy, I love his uh, coaching philosophy as far as like energy goes and the way he gets the guys going. Um, and he hasn't lost to Utah in a real game, so that's great. Um, 
But the constant reliance on transfers and stuff came back to bite us this year. Like, we're very heavily reliant on the transfer portal. Tejan Lucas, Seneca Knight. You can even talk about Alex Barcelo um, and, and Harward. And I know, like, these guys are good, right? It's not like it's bad. And I want to make that very clear. It's not that it's been bad. But I just haven't seen player development. Like, if I'm being honest, I love Alex Barcelo. Mm-hmm. I have not seen him develop as a player. I've seen him develop as a leader, right? Sure. Absolutely, from year one with BYU. But I haven't just seen him develop as a player. He's still just been like a shooting guard. A really great shooter, but he hasn't developed any other skills really, right? And and it's not like that's bad, but I just it's it's like a it's like a little yellow flag that's just kind of popping up out there, you know? Like when you're playing Battlefield 1 and you're like sneaking around camp and you like move too fast and then the little exclamation point comes up above the guy's head and it's just like the heat level like goes up a little bit and then just goes back down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. Yes, sir. But I would just like to see more development rather than just trying to like, oh, this year we need X, Y, and Z. Let's bring in X, Y, Z, and then they leave, and then let's just fill the holes again. I would like to see a little bit more development from the bottom level guys into the starters rather than just bringing in starters that don't really have a feel for the program, don't have that connection. Um, that kind of thing. But I've been talking too long, so what do you guys think? Can I offer a rebuttal? Absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying, Jared. Okay. But let me provide this little rebuttal. It's no secret that Pope's and Rose's systems are completely different. Very true. They are two completely different systems. The bottom guys are getting benched and dropped for a reason on BYU. And it's because they aren't Mark Pope's guys. Okay. For example, Hunter Erickson signed with BYU in 2017. Nate Hansen and Casey Brown both signed with BYU in 2018. They are Dave Rose's guys. Mark Pope, for everyone that doesn't know, 2019 was his first year at BYU. 2019 was his yep. first year. They were recruited for an entirely different system. They were recruited for the WCC. The run and gun. Not the Big 12. We are just starting to see the influx of guys recruited by Pope. We have four guys coming home from missions, all of which are Pope's recruits. I would like to see more player development. That is true as well. I would like to see players stick around. But let's face reality. Modern college basketball is free agency. In 2017, or sorry, I don't know why I said in 2017. Last year in 2021, 1,700 players entered the transfer portal. If every team in the nation has a 12-man roster, that means 40% of Division I basketball players entered the transfer portal at some point last year. That's insane. It's a reality of college basketball now. It's free agency. It's not a BYU phenomenon. It is a nationwide phenomenon. So before I get too critical of Pope, I want to see how the next two years go with his recruits taking the floor, with the transfers that he's bringing in to fill in the holes. I want to see how it goes. Pope is not on my eye. I got my eye on you list. <laughs> Instead, he's on my, you know, like, he's not even in a position to be judged yet. Okay. Until the next couple Is he years. in, like, the grace period? He's in the grace period. Okay. And okay. he will be until next year. Next oh. year is when the, the criticism starts. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I think Mark Pope could have done better this year. I'm not talking about recruits. I'm not talking about transfers. I think this year, the games that they played... Preparation they did, the 
the game planning, whatever. I think, yes, the injuries are what they were, but we showed that we still could play at a high level. We yeah. went, we beat St. Mary's early mm-hmm. in the season. We went to San Francisco, beat them somehow. Slobber knockered Oregon. I don't know how. We beat Oregon <laughs> by like 30 points. And so that proved that, yes, the injuries are hard to deal with and it's hard to sustain that over a whole season. But I think a lot of the blame for our four game skid um, that all but ended our hopes of a you know, tournament bid. I would say that falls more on Mark Pope's shoulders than the players' shoulders. I agree. That's personally. a good point. And he could have done more to maintain, maintain some consistency. So, maybe I'm kind of in between you guys. Okay. Maybe I'm like a little closer to Jared just because I think he does have pressure to prove next year with his guys that the team will be better than they were this year. But yeah, I'm still supportive of, of him, and I think he's still young. He has the potential to be one of BYU's great coaches. I think. Yeah. I think that's clear. And mm-hmm. It's yeah. been clear since uh, he yes. got here. Absolutely. Uh, we've all been huge Mark Polk fans. I'm, I'm not calling for his head, but I hope he learns from this year, figures out how to balance recruiting and development with his transfer portal. I think there's a space for both on yeah. the program. Um, and yeah, he's, he's getting his guys back now, like Justin said, after their mission trips. And we don't have to go into a whole preview for next season, but this next season will be very telling of Mark Pope and his trajectory. Yeah. I, I actually really like that. I mean, yeah. I, we all have very good points. I, I like, we're, that. you know, yeah, we're painting the board with different colors. Beautiful. I like it. Look at us go. And we didn't slap each other. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I think Mark Pope deserves at least like three or four more years, right? Absolutely. Right yeah. before we can like really start calling for his head. And yeah, I, I, I think, like Dan said, the next year or two will be very telling as to like his trajectory. The the question begs to be asked then: What do we expect out of BYU basketball? Ooh. Do we expect an annual tournament appearance? Because that is not what we got in the Dave Rose era. Certainly but not. we did not necessarily call for Dave Rose's head all the time. That's we had true. fun teams to watch. So what do we expect from BYU basketball going into the Big 12? I would like to add a, a qualification onto that question. Okay. What do we expect next year? And then what do we expect after next year? Like once we're in the Big 12. Because I feel like those are two very... like I feel like I have different yeah. expectations for each, yeah. right? So let's start with, I, I'll, I'll start. Next yeah. year, I want to go to the tournament. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. Like, I would love to win a WCC tournament, right? I don't think that's going to happen. Not, um, not the way the dog is. Sustaining yeah. themselves. Right, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't, you know, I would love to make it to the championship game WCC. That is not how I measure my success. If we make it to the NCAA tournament next year, I'll be happy. That's what I'm going to say. That is my expectation for next year. Yeah, I think the expectation should be to make the tournament as long as we're in the WCC. I think there's a pretty easy path for that. You can just be second or third in the league, and that's usually good enough. Mm -hmm. But next year, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Because we're losing a lot of production. I think we're losing a little bit worried. And I'm not quite sure what we'll be getting back. I'm not sure what to expect. Yeah. We have Foos, Atiki... Uh, Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, assuming these people don't enter yes. the transfer portal, right? Gideon George, yeah. Seneca Gideon Knight, George, Gideon George, and a bunch of guards that are coming back. 
uh, yeah. young, very young, very guards. young guards. Very Not young a guards. lot of experience. Very, a lot of talent. A lot of which will likely redshirt next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I think the expectation definitely should be making the big dance. Yeah, and especially under Mark Pope, he kind of started with that, and that's been the expectation ever since he got here. The Big 12 is another question because there's likely to be a bit of an adjustment. Transitionary <laughs> yes. period. A bit of a yeah, transition sure. that is natural, but yeah, that's, I think that's the expectation now. Yeah, my expectation, I, I want to go to the Big Dance next year. It doesn't matter if we get in as the last team in, you know, I just yeah. want to be there. Right. Once we get into the Big 12 and once we pass our transitionary period, though, my expectation for BYU ideally as what we assume will be a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team. So we're saying like five years from now, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what I think a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team should reasonably expect to make the NCAA tournament somewhere between 50 to 60% of the time. Okay. Mm. And I feel like that should be a realistic expectation. for. Do I want them to make the tournament every year? Absolutely. Realistically, 60% of the time, I'd like to see BYU in the tournament. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, that that is very realistic. I think that's how it's gonna be for the first couple of years, right? We'll be lucky to make this. Yeah. <laughs> lucky to have a winning season our first two years in the Big Twelve. Definitely. I think, for me personally, once we're in the Big Twelve, I would love to be in the tournament like four out of five years. Okay. Like eighty percent. Yeah, I think it's. I think, and, and that's just me. I'm very. Oh yeah, of course. We are all, you know. So maybe this is a little blue goggly, um, but I I would really like to see us like. It's weird when we don't make the tournament rather yeah. than like, we made the tournament! Yeah. yeah. I I would like that to kind of be the vibe. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's hard to compare yourself to a current Big 12 program because it changes every year. Yeah. yeah. But there's teams like Kansas that are going to be really good. There's Baylor, really good. Texas Tech. Texas Tech, that's really good. But besides that, I don't see any one program that I think has to always be better than us. Like, yeah, that's true. I think true. we could be, you know, after the first few years, we could rise up to maybe fourth or fifth in the Big 12. I think we could too. Now they will add Houston, who's really good. Houston's <laughs> <They're laughs> great team. And hey, but Cincinnati. TJ House buzzer beater. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think we could be, you know, top third of the Big 12 or so. Yeah. Maybe top, I so. top and I, I five. Think I think the Big 12 is that good that if you're top half of the Big 12, you should make the tournament. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if Oklahoma State had been eligible for the tournament, we would have seen seven Big 12 schools in the tournament. Yeah. So, I, I think yeah. that should be good enough to make it in the tournament. Even if we go 500 in conference, like, that should get us into the tournament. Iowa mm-hmm. State was 7-11 and 11 in conference, and they <laughs> made the tournament and made it, and won a game. Yeah. Yeah, and they made it to the won two games. They made it to won two it, games. Eight? No, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, they made it to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen. <laughs> they beat uh, LSU, and then who beat else did Wisconsin? they beat? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Exactly. Wisconsin. 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 <laughs> yeah, the Big Twelve is really good at basketball. Dude, yeah. I cannot That's the wait. Like with football going to the Big Twelve, it's like, oh wow, like we're here. With basketball, it's like. Yeah. Holy crap. Honestly, football, I think we can compete right away. Yeah, I'm I not agree. saying top three, but top four. Yeah. I, I would definitely we be definitely top win half. games. Yeah, we will definitely be top half of the Big 12. I just can't wait for us. I can't wait to see the look on Texas fans' faces <laughs> when we show up to Austin again yeah. and spoil their little party 
as we replay over and over Taysom Hill's Oh hurdle. my gosh. <laughs> oh, yes. The broadcast, dude. Any broadcast where we play Texas, they're going to be like, hey, do you guys remember this game? The yeah. last two times BYU and Texas have played, BYU has won by a combined margin of 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. That's beautiful. So excited. Well, any other thoughts about basketball or, I guess, football? Uh, I got nothing. Nope. All right. Uh, well, let's do a little fun segment to end. Okay. Let's to do end. it. Um, we'll just kind of hit some like hot topics, you know, some some fun pop culture things. So today at work, I was talking to a couple of guys there, and they were we were talking about like Spider Man and Morbius, you know, like all the MCU stuff that's coming out lately. Yeah, I haven't seen. When does Morbius come out? Is that already out? It's Morbius? this weekend. Okay, that one yeah. seems really freaky. Is that yeah. the one I'm thinking of? The vampire yeah, uh-huh. one. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kinley and I are gonna go see that opening night. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Should be exciting. I Sheesh. I've heard a lot of mixed things about it. Okay. Um, I'll recap it. If you guys want to come, yeah, 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 let's do it. But uh, yeah, we'll recap that kind of next time. So if any of you guys, the listeners, have watched it, you know, we can do a little uh, book club. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Except we'll give all the spoilers. Everybody, go watch it because we're gonna spoil it. Yeah, (laughs) watch it. (laughs) Anyway, so this debate came up. I'm talking Spider Man, Morbius, because they're like tiny into Spider Man. Who knows, right? Yeah, Yeah. And then some guy. Blew my mind with this thing. He's like, well, no matter what, like, it won't be as good as a Batman. And we're talking about Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's bold of him. I was like, and I, I literally, I like sat back in my chair and looked at him like, are you serious? Like, are you joking <laughs> me right now? He's like, dude, the Batman was like 10 times better than Spider-Man No Way Home. And I like stood up, I was like, what? Are you blaspheming? What and then like three other guys from the other side of the table? They're like, "Yeah, dude, Batman was so much better than Spider-Man." I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, "This is the Truman Show. Like, I'm on TV. Where are the cameras?" <laughs> yeah. Like, so I want to hear it from you guys because I have very strong opinion about this. But I want to hear from you guys first. Have you guys first off seen the Batman and Spider-Man No Way Home? I have, did you end up seeing the Batman yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. So okay. Don't but, listen to whatever I say about it. Well, we're definitely gonna get your take on this. Thing. Yeah, but Please just do. so you've seen both, right? I've seen both. Yes. Okay. Um, outside, like, just let me let me just play devil's advocate here for a minute. Okay. I can see why people like the Batman movie. Okay. I can see it from like, I'm a serious adult film critic now. I enjoy dark rooms and ominous music <laughs> and people punching things. Like, yeah, I get. It. Sometimes the Marvel movies feel so like funny that they almost kind of feel cartoonish, or like kiddie. comic booky. Comic booky, comic yeah, booky. But yeah. in that, I feel like people miss how great the movie actually is. Do they make it comic booky? Yes, because they want to appeal to a large audience. And honestly, it's funny. It is. But it's also an incredible movie, cinematically, CGI, everything that they do. It was an incredible screenwriting. It, it was just 10 out of 10. The Batman, I think, was a little, in my opinion, good movie. Right. A little bit lackluster. Okay. My one thing is, Spider-Man No Way Home, I could watch that at home and enjoy it. The Batman, I enjoyed it in theaters, but I feel like if I watched it at home, I'd be asleep. I'd fall asleep. 
because it doesn't have the you know the surround sound, the system. It's not quite as engulfing. I don't know if you have a private home theater like you know some of you <laughs> maybe do. I don't know. Then maybe it'll be okay. But you know, I'm gonna. I, I don't know why I'm talking so much on this. Spider-Man: No Way Home takes the dub. All right, Dan, from your very uh, well-versed opinion. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the Batman, but I've seen Dune. Mm. Uh, that yeah. one was really good. I love seeing an IMAX. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. experience. Something else. It got a lot of Oscars, but not Best Picture. Mm. Oh well. Oh. Mm. I still like it. Mm. Don't worry. Um. So yeah, those are my two cents. Dune is a good movie. All right. <laughs> I like it. That was great. <laughs> so here's. <laughs> I agree. Dune was a good movie, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> um. <laughs> with my spiel. <laughs> Here, this is this is my argument. I Justin, I love what you said because I watched No Way Home on Saturday with my family again, which hilarious. Uh, no spoilers, but when Aunt May dies, um, <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> but when she dies, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say who, but a member of my family. Just at that moment when it's super sad, slow music, slow mo, he's like watching her die. Someone in my family goes, <laughs> was out cold. <laughs> Kevin. I'm not going to name who it was. But anyway, so we're watching it and I loved it. I loved it just as much. Not Maybe not as much because you didn't have like the whole fans cheering and stuff. Yeah, sure. But with the Batman, I wouldn't ever watch that at home. Like, no. I'm not going to set aside three and a half hours to watch... Batman with makeup go I, I, like you'd have to be in a weird sadistic mood <laughs> to watch the Batman at home right like that's like when somebody says hey I was watching the Batman you're, you're like mm? uh, do you okay. need to talk to your therapist about that <laughs> yeah, right yeah and, 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 and then here's the second part No Way Home delivered in every sense of the word yep like and I know like people don't like fan service I'm a huge fan of fan service I absolutely <laughs> love like the meme references. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I love that. And, and I get some people don't like it, but No Way Home built up to this huge climax, absolutely delivered on the climax, and you could see the character development get going from point A at the beginning of the movie to point B, and you could see the steps that he took to get there. Whereas with the Batman, I felt like it was just like, Batman's moody and angry and violent, and then all of a sudden at the end... He's like, oh, no, I'm a hero. I just, something snapped inside me. I'm going to be this great guy and be the beacon of hope for the city. And I was like, okay, yes, he changes, but, like, I didn't see it throughout. Like, there was no arc. It was just, like, he's evil and mean, and then all of a sudden he's good. And then second off, the Batman, I loved it up until the end because it built up to such a great climax. And then he just, like, fights ten dudes, hangs on the side of a jumbotron, like, gasses himself up with who knows what. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, this is the wrong place to go. Um, but, like, I don't, it just didn't deliver for, like, the ending was so anticlimactic. I was like, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I take No Way Home in a heartbeat, but. Oh, I got something for you, Jared. Let's hear it. Bring back flashbacks. I, I don't know how many times I've heard the song. Honestly? In the movie, you probably listened to it for six million times. <laughs> yeah, like the the recurring theme that was like anytime it shows Batman. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Perfectly done. <laughs> I had to sneeze. Something in the way. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's just my two cents. I just want to get it out there because I felt like I was crazy. Like, I felt like I really was on a prank show. Everybody says <laughs> Batman is better than Spider-Man. I was yeah. like, please. But I'm glad to, to hear that you guys agree, Dan. Yeah. I especially... Especially me. Especially, I, I like your take. Thanks. <laughs> well, with Dan's sneeze, may we just say, bless you, one. Yes. And thank nice you for song. listening to this episode of the Royal Strong and True <laughs> Podcast. We are super happy to have you guys listening. If you listen this far in the show, make sure you comment, uh, what was it again? Uh, what was it? I just forgot. <laughs> go back in the I episode and figure go it out. Go back. Go back in the episode. You know what we're talking about exactly. better than we do. Honestly, if you listen to this point, you listen to that point, and you should have already commented. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at loyal2royalpod. We'll be posting some polls here in the near future. We want to know what kind of topics you guys want to hear about in the off season. So we're going to make that a little bit interactive. Thanks again for joining the show. Make sure you download, share the episode with a friend, and leave a review. Yeah. Well, let's tease next week's episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll be covering a national championship game. Heck yeah, we will. basketball. Uh, we'll have a Morbius review. Yeah, we will. Many, many spoilers. <laughs> All the spoilers. All the spoilers. Uh, and then alumni game recap. Alumni game recap. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, uh, and some more, you know. We'll see if any other comedian gets slapped by an angry uh, actor. Oh, and shout out to Gabe Judy, who just followed our uh, podcast account. Let's go. What a stand-up guy. We love you, Gabe. Love you guys. Bye now. Thank you.